0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of Collisions YYC. I'm your host Tyler Chisholm. Today on the show, I sit down with Mr. Barry Davidson. Barry is a fourth-generation Calgarian, who to say he's involved and engaged in his community would absolutely be an understatement. Whose quest to change the world he lives in is only limited by the hours in the day. Join me as I have an entertaining and engaging and often colorful conversation with Mr. Barry Davidson. So let's we'll give a little context. You're, sure. I know you're fourth-generation fourth Calgarians. You've, you're not one of us transplants who've come here from somewhere else, which I am. But four generations, that's a real thing.
1: It is. Uh, we're, we're, and I, I've always looked at that, uh, not that I'm from here as a positive, but I'm just the welcoming committee. Uh, All the way back to uh, uh, my family's origins here. Uh, My great-great grandfather was one of the first station masters here, so we actually were the welcoming committee. Yeah. Yes. Um, The original white hats. uh, Mm -hmm. You got it. My my grandfather was the first. uh, Well, I don't know about the first. Was the Imperial Tobacco rep for the area, which in its day was as good as being a liquor rep.
0: Yes, you'd be quite popular. I would. You want to know? Yeah, absolutely. He's the he's the guy. He knows
1: everybody. Absolutely. And uh, and my father uh, had an insurance agency. and was quite engaged and involved in the community very involved in uh, social agencies started uh, a couple of uh, social service groups and organizations so i grew up around that realm and around the movers and shakers of the city and got to learn how you're supposed to lead in the community and and give back.
0: Interesting. And your family, not, none of them, sorry, when I think of old Alberta families, <laughs> I think of ranching and I think of oil and gas, but not not the case for your family.
1: Well, actually sort of both. So okay. by association with oil and gas, uh, we were quite close to uh, uh, Gord Elves and Ni- the Nickel family, uh, Carl Nickel Sr. Yep. and such. I grew up around uh, Carl Jr. and the family. Um, and my dad had the Canmore Guest Ranch for many years up until my mom got sick. So we actually okay. had... Uh, uh, Had a guest ranch on the, as you where the helipad is in Canmore, right across the highway. There is where the ranch used to be. Oh, that's a sweet. That's I wish I owned that land now. No, 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 no kidding. That's one (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Well, as we're talking today about you know Calgary transformation, Mm -hmm. diversity. Curious to hear the background and that your family has been involved in different aspects of what's been going on in Alberta for generations.
1: Yeah, well, in, in our family, I think we epitomize what most people, and I don't want to say are just from here, but that come to Alberta, learn and, and feel is that we're a province where the, the sky truly is the limit if you're willing to put the time in. And there are enough people around that are willing to help and help guide and mentor that um, one of the, uh, despite the doom and gloom we hear, Alberta still is, in my mind, a leader in helping people succeed. we That's an interesting way to put it. It it feels that, I don't want to say it's easier, because I haven't had to do this in any other provinces. Yes. Um, But uh, I've been involved in many, many businesses, uh, and uh, successful businesses, as well as working with uh, far too many social agencies, uh, service clubs and such, where it's never been an easy road, but it's almost always been successful. And I think that speaks volumes of the environment we're in.
0: That's certainly been my, I grew up back east, I grew up in Quebec, small farming community. So it was very much had that helpful attitude because everybody yeah. did know each other. You drive down the road and you know your neighbors and it's your grandmother yeah. and you know, that's the way it is. I moved out here back in 2000 and that was 100% my experience of like there was just of there was a shared sense of opportunity. It wasn't a scarcity mindset. It was like, well, if you've got value and I've got value, we should do something together. That's right. It didn't matter if I didn't know you, if I didn't know your uncle, or if I wasn't related, or that you hadn't been doing it for 20 years, there was a sense of opportunity that we could all be successful together. And I know the last few years has been challenging, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But I don't, I believe that that's a fundamental difference that I've experienced. I've only lived in two places, but Alberta has that in spades.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And it is that there's enough for all, I think, that we feel. that, it, Not diminishing that there is always um, uh, uh, corporate competition or competition out there. Of course. Um, when I was with the Homeless Foundation, I was on the board for uh, several years. And one of the things that struck me as I looked around that board of business leaders and such was uh, beyond the need, desire, and commitment to do good was that everybody was willing to contribute whatever they had to contribute. So to your point, you know, it's, it's putting the walls up on the barn. It doesn't matter if I don't have wood to bring to the table. I'm going to come help pull that wall up. And when I looked around again, I, the the homeless foundation was an excellent example of that uh, when we created the ten year plan and such. And just working through many of the other organizations I've been with, I've been with Kinsmen, uh, Cosmopolitan Club, uh, currently with Kiwanis. It always comes down to um, while it may be tougher to get a check out of people, it's never a challenge to get people engaged and involved to help
0: that's interesting have you seen any has there been any shift in that in the last four to five years when things because i've heard mixed bag that it, you know the, the pool has gotten a little bit smaller it, it is oh, a little yeah. bit finite now and i know that there has been some challenges specifically in the non-profit or more community-centric uh, initiatives
1: absolutely I, I think part of the problem is uh we we were talking earlier about how companies and organizations and entrepreneurs uh need to be able to pivot or adapt to their industry and I think one of the problems we have in the social maybe not social services in the community agencies like Rotary and and Kiwanis and such is that there wasn't that I'm aware of a conscious shift or adaptation of their model and so the problem we have now is that most of the people around the table are older. The The demographic is not as diverse as it should be. It doesn't actually represent what our communities look like. So right. not diminishing the goodwill and the need and the desire to do good out there, we don't often have the community, certainly not the younger community, sitting around the table. And part of that, I think, is because, and I don't know the answer to this, but I, it is obvious we haven't determined what the carrot is, or what the appeal is, to get people engaged,
0: changing changing the value proposition. Yeah,
1: I mean, twenty years ago, uh, the Cosmopolitan Club, one of the biggest pulls to that beyond the desire to get back to community, was that it was a an old boys club, literally, that met every week so they could have dinner and drinks. Right. Well, I don't know about you, but in my priority scale right now, taking a night off to go have dinner and drinks once a week is not going to be in the top ten. So I would still be there for the community service side, but probably not for killing an evening just to go
0: drinking. Well, and that actually becomes a detriment. If, if that's what's required, you're like, oh, that's not, I don't want to do that. I don't have that kind of time. You know, the dedication to family, like that whole model has shifted. But you're right. A lot of those old operating systems are still in place. Oh, you know, like they used to be in the good old days. Yeah, but values have changed. That's right. And it's yeah. an interesting segue into, you know, uh, some of my guests referred to it as the big T word, this transformation that we're going through. Again, put it in the list of the, I think it's in the corporate swear jar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you know, right up there with innovation and <laughs> some of those things. But when you, you know, you're, out, you're heavily involved in the community we talked about earlier, like what you said, you only have seven eighty 80 years to, to make this a better place. You've run it out of time, so you gotta, you're, you're involved in a lot of things. What's your optics on this big, the big T word, the transformation that Calgary is going through, being forced to go through? I think it's an interesting segue to what you commented about just the, the not-for-profit space.
1: Well, I, I might actually challenge the transformation word. And, Please. And just say that, that to me, it's more of an evolution.
0: Okay. And
1: as human, humans have done forever... We seem to push so hard and deny any type of change or evolution. Um, And I think that becomes part of the problem because if you're not open to examining it, looking for opportunities, looking for ways that that actually helps us step forward, then you're fighting it. And uh, certainly as Albertans, we seem to have a gap in the middle there. We have a segment of the population that's all about evolution, transformation, whatever label we want to put on it. And then we have a large segment of our population that wants it to be like it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. I
0: I I wish it was like it was. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and and we can all wish it. That's natural. But at some point, we've got to recognize that it's not going to be. The, The Norman Rockwell paintings are not appropriate to today. They were great then. And we're not going back to it.
0: It's such an interesting human phenomenon that nostalgia. That is it, and, and of course, and we also romanticize it. it as we remember it. it the good gets, old it, it gets the it gets better. Sometimes you look back at the good old days. I'm like, yeah. they weren't actually that great. <laughs> nope. But we have such a. That's such an interesting human. So when you see Calgary and what's going on, you talk about that. Like, so what is that space in the middle? Because you've got that group, and I've chatted with people. Mm-hmm. Then you've got. A, you know, I don't want to say it's older to younger because it can. Age isn't always a defining factor. It maybe it's an easy one to label it. Oh, that you know that older generation wants it that way. I friends in oil and gas that are in their early 30s and they're like I wish it was like it was when I was in in my early 20s you know and you know they they kind of break that but there was such an expectation of this is kind of the 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 social contract you go to school you learn you get into this industry and you're going to go you're going to get a couple exits you're going to have a couple of big cash events and life's going to be amazing that sounds like a pretty cool that was a pretty cool tale
1: well <laughs> and it was real and mm-hmm. it was linear so very you, much you could so. be um i'll use the term lazy you, you could be lazy <laughs> you could go to school and, and become a geologist or an engineer and know that you had a path um which uh, f- not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. I, I don't want to compete with that many people. That's, yes. That's okay. Uh, I think, uh, and you touched on something. I'm glad you brought up the demographics because I think it is less about demographics. Now, it would be silly to say that uh, the skill sets that are coming from our younger generation than me and have less gray hair are what are required. So there is going to be a difference there in yes. numbers. but but i mean i know as many people my age that are successfully adapting and pivoting or being creative and creating and recognizing opportunities and stepping into them and because they have the the experience that they do have they're able to perhaps achieve success sooner than someone younger might.
0: Yeah, maybe right? a little less, quote-unquote, trial yeah. and error. Yes. Because we've got a few more skinnies. That's right. And,
1: and that, you know, the, the business models at, at their basics don't actually change. So, um, and I apply that not just to business, but to social agencies. I do a lot of board governance work um, because I can't say no. And um, <laughs>
0: By your LinkedIn profile, I would say that's <laughs> true. It's a true statement. It,
1: and and um, very often, it's, uh, I mean, I am not the smartest short-round guy in the rooms often, but it's just a matter of bringing people back down to the fact that what is what is your core? What are you trying to achieve? Is it something that's appropriate and achievable, and not a poster on a wall? And uh, if not, how do you adapt to make it that way?
0: Right. And and who's it going to add value to at the end of the day? There's lots of good ideas that doesn't don't always get the the, the you know. I think this is a great idea, but I don't really, I'm not going to go talk to the potential customers because they might disrupt my idea, That's right. (laughs) which is really ultimately who you need to be talking to almost first.
1: I've had that conversation so many times, both within uh, uh, social agencies, as well as with companies I've worked with that, that, you know, who, who is the customer and um, that can, especially with a bigger company or a fast moving company, you can lose sight of the fact that, that the the customer is not always dealt with the best because you're in such a panic to get your product out
0: the door because you're in such a rush. Yep, <laughs> to get the product out there to yeah. the customer that then all goes. I don't know if I want or your this arrogance or I... gets in the way. Like uh, within yes. the
1: industry we're working with and I'm working within now. Um, we are in an interesting transition period, especially with public companies, where I think we're starting to see some of those companies that were built on on uh, activism and built on drive and energy um and perhaps not as much fundamental business advice along the way because traditional business was the enemy that's interesting and and uh, i think for in some cases uh, the some of the answers may have been there but ignored if they had been listening to the people they didn't like when they first opened their doors
0: Mm. yes it's we have a we have a there's an easy there's an easy mistake to make as leaders to surround yourself with people that are just validating your ideas it's like the opposite of the scientific process like how can i destroy this idea and if it, and if it withstands yep. then i guess it must be a good idea versus i'm only gonna you know uh, cognitive bias is a real thing <laughs> Oh,
1: very real I, I i learned that or it was uh, enforced so much in, in my work in politics and such that uh how, how many political leaders uh started with the right the the right ideas and or good ideas don't always have to agree with them but good ideas uh, and drive and then ended up surrounded just over time by people that were just there to support them yes and you just didn't have those those good discussions that pushed back to say maybe that's not such a good idea
0: yeah no yes and that is a very dangerous place then we were all standing on the precipice oh together though together so you have friends when you're about to jump over the cliff so, curious, you touched on it, and I'm not sure how, how deep we want to get into this today. I, we didn't talk about it offline. I know you have an extensive background being involved in politics. I know you mentioned recently was uh, you, you kind of sat this one out. Any commentary? And since we're talking about Calgary, which is in Alberta, which is in Western Canada, any commentary on the, on the recent outcome of our election and some of the how that's going to affect positively or negatively the western canadian situation i'm going to call it for well, lack of a better term
1: yeah i and i don't want to to claim that uh, strategist space of of pretending to say i saw it coming okay um, it's easy to do after the fact yeah we knew it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. was going to happen i'm a brilliant
0: i'm brilliant, yeah, I'm, brilliant. I'm, brilliant. I'm brilliant in yeah. reverse yeah absolutely yeah
1: exactly um, uh, i mean i must admit to being a little nervous about how the the country is made up and i i say that now because i i see us having moved to such a so I'll throw my caveat out there. I'm a criminologist, not a political science student. Okay. And while I've played in the realm, there are people that I have had the opportunity to work with that are far smarter than me and have helped me learn the tips and tricks and tools of the trade. Uh, so my labeling may be off is where I'm going with that. But the the move to almost a retail-level headline-driven uh, political system um, has taken us down this path and i mean we we can look we love to blame the u.s and the current situation there but there's a lot of european countries going through exactly the same thing we're yeah so
0: it it feels like there's a trend that's right that's happening right now globally
1: i i am enough of a geek that it i will cringe every time i blame technology and the globalization or global communications but i think that that's probably the biggest reason where we got there i mean i now i i have always preached that support your local candidate, support the person who you mostly align with and are comfortable with in your writing. Um, and don't get caught in, in the bigger sales pitch. Right. I'm not sure how real that is. I'm not sure how I can say that anymore because I don't know if that actually, I I don't know that it works. Um, so our current situation, I think is, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think it is an evolution of our political systems. Um, I, I think I will say that, uh, that uh, while I I tend to be well I don't tend I'm fiercely nonpartisan, but uh, uh, I think we have competent leadership in Edmonton, even if I don't agree with all of the policies and directions, which gives me some strength. That again, I may not agree with where we're going, but I believe we have competent leadership there.
0: Okay, that's an interesting way to frame it. Um,
1: and I I just think it's it, it's another evolution. As much as we would talk about uh, you know the the. Uh, industrial or commercial uh, evolution of what business looks like, politics itself is changing and Nobody likes change ever.
0: Well, back to your earlier comment, we get pretty in- invested into the way it was yeah. and the way we've always done it. And, yeah. But you're right, we live in a different landscape in the way we communicate, the way we absorb information, the way people are informed, yeah. quote-unquote, about what we're going to believe or Very not believe much. and how influenced we are. Yep, absolutely. And even though we know we're being influenced, we st- it's still it's so challenging to turn now, that part of us off. It hurts our it, ego. It, uh,
1: I mean, uh, there, yes. not a, when you have social events and you're sitting around with friends, if you ever want to poke somebody... All you have to do is question whether they're uh, firm in their opinion or their position.
0: Because you're not actually now questioning them as a, as, a, a right. as an individual. Yeah,
1: and that's what politics is if you're thinking about it and through and through. And so you, it's a double-edged sword, I think, with most people, and I will get in trouble for saying this, but so many people have thrown their hands up and felt they don't have a play or have influence in politics mm-hmm. that when somebody actually pushes them around the responsibility that, you you really shouldn't have an option. You you must be engaged. Um, they know that, but they're not going to admit that out loud. So you've hit two buttons at the same time.
0: Yes, yeah, so and maybe maybe we'll, when you're in that dark moment alone, you might reassess yourself. But out yeah. there openly, you're going to defend your position. Absolutely, because you're human. Yeah. Yep. So when you think about, it's we an haven't era, yeah, any I'm, of your questions. No, I'm I know you you skated <laughs> around that one really nicely. No, I, I was aware. I, was, I saw you got to skate over there with the puck, and you kind of worked your way back over. Um, I knew we were going to have a... It was going to be interesting. <laughs> what are we doing well? What are we... Like, we're, we're getting... Let's talk about... Yeah. Let's not talk about federally. Let's not talk about nationally. Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about not even Alberta. Let's talk about Calgary. You're involved in the community. You're out there <laughs> 24-7 from what I can... From what I understand. What are you seeing that's happening in the city over the last three to five years that's moving in the right direction that you're optimistic or excited about?
1: Um, well, it, it sounds cliche to say, but I, I think the people here and, and the constant, um, appeal to people from other parts of Canada to still come here to succeed is still there. Um, I don't know what our numbers are coming into Calgary anymore. Uh, I used to track that better and I'm sure it's not as high as it used to be. Certainly. but I think it used
0: to be talked about more. I I, I don't even remember the last time I heard that stat uh, kind of taken out for a walk.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and you would see it as well. I still keep meeting people that have come here in the last year that are starting Mm -hmm. new businesses or involved in startups and such. So I think that we are still, call it underground or covertly um, building out our our entrepreneurial spirit, um, is still there. And I I think that we don't talk about it enough. Um, I sort of wonder if that's why, though, that's strong. Because a lot of people in startups don't want a whole lot of attention. Uh, you would have seen that with some of your interviews. I'm sure yeah. you've had to convince people to actually come on.
0: And everyone almost there's always a universal like. So, what do you think about how we are sharing our message and the head, and the head? No, well, yeah. oh, geez, we could be better. And everybody kind of hangs their head at that question. Yeah, we definitely have a. It's not we have a brand problem. We have an awareness problem. Because mm-hmm. if you dig in, in the, yeah, mm, yes, yeah, sometimes, but y- yes, yes, it is. And where does that no longer serve you, I guess is the question.
1: Well, okay, so let's go there. And I mean, with my involvement, <laughs> we started talking about, um, uh, I'm involved with the Calgary Stampede Western Legacy Awards. And there's no one secret to success uh, for a lot of the people that we get to meet. But one commonality is they are people that don't attract or seek attention. Mm-hmm. So it, if you look at leadership models and successful leadership models, is that not one of the primary pillars
0: to is a good leader? The servant, the servant leader, not the not, so, the, not the glamour, yeah. the glamour chasing leader. But, Interesting, but yet
1: we continue to talk about how they're not waving their flag. So if you had somebody out there beating the bushes, working hard to uh, be front and center, we'd be labeling them as narcissistic. We'd be questioning their leadership. We'd question the real success. Well, oh, you're absolutely
0: right. The thing, the thing we say we need more of is also the first thing we'll criticize. So you're 100 right. Poke your right. head
1: up in Alberta, it'll get lopped off. And- <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, that's such an interesting because it feels at this point where we've got such a good story to tell and then we're maybe not telling it. To, you know, I had some people on from Startup Calgary and mm-hmm. they, they said less now, but a few years ago, it was, like, it was the what is a Calgary yeah. kind of comment yep. versus they said in the last year to two years, that's starting to shift a little bit. There's a, there's a little bit more awareness, awareness around it. So uh, the ecosystem here, I've talked to a lot of people. There's a lot of support networks. There's a lot of positive things going on. Maybe those are the things that I would like to see talked about a little bit more. So if you're sitting at home with an idea and you're not sure where to go, there is places to go. They are Absolutely. actively looking for you to come in with your back of the napkin idea. And I think that that's hugely beneficial.
1: Well, and just for the moral support. I mean, I, I would challenge... <laughs> just so you know not you're a, not
0: alone and crazy. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, there's, there's a, even if you're not a realtor, here comes your first barrage of complaints. Okay. Um, there's probably not a hotel restaurant in this city that you can't go to on a weekday morning and find a networking group that's sitting there. Yes. A yeah, business networking yeah, yeah. group. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that's not the case down east, uh, very much so. So that's one of the big hmm. differences I see. Uh, and again, it goes back to, we talked about earlier, about the environment we're in seems willing and encouraging to help people succeed because, generally speaking, we believe there's enough for all. There, There is enough of whatever you're doing out Ab- there Abundance versus
0: scarcity. Yep. And those are two very different drivers. If there's a fundamental belief that there's lots of opportunity, you're going to be a lot quicker to share, engage, right. and let's be honest, most good things come when you bang into other people with good ideas.
1: <laughs> well, and, and collaborative. I mean, how many how many nonprofits, uh, small businesses that have grown into large businesses in Calgary and southern Alberta um, uh, over the last few years, and I don't know the number, not a trick question, but have ended up merging or collaborating, uh, especially in tech or in... in newer industries and newer areas, Mm -hmm. Um, that's huge out here, right? And, And that collaboration feels unique. Can't speak to other provinces. I don't operate too much at that level there, but it certainly feels unique out here
0: that was my growing up back east and it was again you had your peer group and you had your sense of community but outside that it was the doors were closed they, i moved here and i was just blown away and i don't think it's you know that was almost 20 years ago now but that sense of opportunity and that sense of like yeah of course i'll have a meeting sure we'll chat you know i'm not interested now but i know so and so yeah. and you know i know barry and he's interested yeah. in something i'm going to connect you there and that's that way that that works here i have not experienced it to that degree anywhere else and so i, actually, I, I a love question it. back I at you it. Sure. Because
1: I wonder if this is the difference, and it just hit me is that um you and I would be considered connectors within various industries, um, but we haven't uh, uh you know aside from what you do for a living. We haven't commoditized that because that's what we do. That's a, more, more a piece of our personality than it is a piece it's, of our business.
0: It's, it's one of my core values, actually, yeah, is yes. creating connections that allow that I hear six months from now of what happened from it. But you're right, I don't mind. But mon- in other
1: parts of the world. Yeah, that's right. It's not mon- monetized.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you introduce me to so and so and you yeah. give me a little envelope exactly. and, we're all, and we're all good. That's yeah. nah, an interesting observation.
1: And, uh, and I mean, I've seen that hmm. on both sides within uh, the industry I'm working currently around global security and, and such. Um, seeing new people entering the realm and often that second question is we'll make sure you're taken care of and many of us are saying no no this is just about the contact we want you to succeed that's interesting let's let's keep this
0: right and doing it for all the right reasons it's funny i had a business years ago fitness business and it was like oh if you refer a friend we'll give you something and most people like why don't i don't want anything Like, I just want more people to come in this environment because it's part of like what I love to do. And I I was, I was always shocked at how many people said, no, 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 like actually it almost cheapened it to them. I don't, I don't want that. Maybe just give me a session or give me some something or like just make a gesture. That's fine. Like donate something to the charity that I love. Like it was so interesting. People didn't, they did it because they wanted to do it, not because they wanted something. What they were getting out of it was very personal. Absolutely. That is a very unique. You're absolutely right. I'll make sure you're taken care of. No, no, I, no, don't misunderstand. I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Let me make the connection. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're when you're in any phase, that one connection or that one warm door open can change everything. Absolutely, that's interesting. And I, I, you're right because I think we live in it. I don't I don't look at that as a as a unique Western phenomenon. I kind of take it for granted as that's just the way the world works. But it, but it, but I'm it's I'm not. wise enough to know that's not <laughs> yeah. the truth. No, very oh, true. That's an interesting observation. What a great! I, I want to live there. I want to live in this place that you're speaking of. This sounds <laughs> <it> sounds amazing. <laughs> And, here, and how we ended up sitting here today it was exactly through somebody yep. knowing somebody. What are we not doing right? Any, any red flags that you see out there that you're like, wow, we could not get that out of the way? or Wow, really? Yeah. Is, that, is that a thing? Are we doing that to ourselves?
1: Well, I, I think we have to be careful of the, the public narrative around where we're at. Um, okay. I, I don't believe it's wrong. Uh, it, Calgary is moving through an immensely challenging time in my time here. Uh, this is the worst I've ever seen it from an economic point of view. Uh, so I'm. I don't question that at all. But I think, and I hate sounding like a poster on the wall, a motivational poster. But if you say it enough times, you believe it to a point of not being able to get over that wall. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are. Um, I, I think that we need to be cautious that we don't allow the narrative that most of us have no control over. We can't stop what the headlines are. We can ensure that we're taking that with a grain of salt. I also think that we need to. We need to more publicly be supporting, uh, and this isn 't necessarily just by dollars, but we need to be morally supporting uh, and move a little bit back to the attitude of uh, Alberta is the place where you can make anything happen and right. and you have the people we talked earlier about different types of people, personalities, and we we need to mobilize the people that are interested and not entrepreneurs but need entrepreneurs so they have jobs. To be a little bit more vocal about supporting that side of the world, we need to be very cautious that we don't create such a chasm between the business owners, entrepreneurs, and the staff. And uh, because I'm going to sound like an old guy, I always get cautious when I hear my dad's words coming out of me. Yep. (laughs) But we need to be cautious that we don't become pessimistic about people that succeed. Oh, that's we, we need to and vi- be, and vilify them yeah, yeah and we need to recognize that their success is often um success for t- i mean i look at a small retail shop it, the success of the person that struggled to get there a year down the road when it looks like they're rolling in money and, and they're chasing this pot of gold, this magical pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. The, the wheelbarrows of money oh. they are
0: going out the back door? Man, I've yet pissed. to see this wheelbarrow.
1: No, it yeah, it's got a flat tire. Um,
0: <laughs> you're, you're dragging it behind oh. you, actually. You're not pushing it out, Eddie. Yeah. But the
1: eight or ten people that have now had a job for that year and are usually pretty comfortable in that space also are part of that success. And mm-hmm. we just need to be cautious that we don't start creating divides between that
0: that's right back to some of those polarizing messaging i think that you're talking about and the haves and have nots and the the, in retail politics yes yes Absolutely, it's very dangerous because you're right. It takes it takes everyone in their role. Yep. But as a as a leader or as someone running an organization, I look pretty silly rowing this boat on my own. Yep. You know, and and most businesses at their core are people businesses. Yes. Very yeah. little happens without without a group That's of right. humans coming together with you know yep. hopefully a group a, a a package of shared values. Yeah. And a dream, and some people jump on, and some people jump off, but the, hopefully that that move, that movement keeps going forward. And Absolutely. Alberta. Is, by its DNA, I think very much lends to that. But you're right. If now we're being educated globally and there's other parts of the world where people are vilified for their success. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. that is very dangerous. Yeah. Well, and, know, I don't yeah. want to reference Atlas Shrugged, but it's something I've read for a long time. But there's a there's an interesting, if, it, if you haven't read that book, yes. you read it these days, It's just, there's a scary storyline <laughs> that runs through there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Ayn Rand and some of her interesting philosophies on the world. <laughs> well, we're going down a whole other path. We start well, quoting Atlas Shrugged. And I,
1: and I, no, I'm going to leave that alone. You
0: can, you can read 1984 if you really want to freak yourself it, yeah, out as well. And I just yeah. recently read Animal Farm as well. just I was at the $5 book sale and I was like, Animal gonna Farm, say, I'm yeah. going to grab Animal Farm off the shelf <laughs> and read it. George Orwell at his best. I'm, yep,
1: absolutely.
0: So yeah, it's scary when you read, you're like, oh wow, that was oh, when was that written? Oh, 1947? Wow, hmm, what world are we living in?
1: <laughs> but it is an interesting uh, when you when the the entire list of books you've just listed are all written by people that hit the mark on so many things that are still common today, yes. even though they human, were human literally fears. two and three generations back. Absolutely, and uh, and so we have to recognize. And I would actually suggest this is the difference between successful people, if you will, and you can gauge success in many different ways. Um, and the people that a a wallow in negativity, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, is that all of that information is out there. It's how you interpret it, uh, apply it, search for the opportunities, search for whatever drives you to achieve something. Um, so the information doesn't change. I don't actually, I am very much a pessimist around humanity that, Humans are all the same inside. It's how we adapt and change to the information the, the, that's coming the, out of the, our brain. Then. The filters that we put onto yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: And you do have control over those filters. You absolutely. inherit. You inherit some, but there's always the point where we are self-aware. You can look in that mirror and go, "Yeah." am I going to go left or right? I, there, there is a choice. And I think yeah. just that, that simple belief that you do have a choice, For some people like, oh, this, this, was put, this, was dic- this, is, this was on me. This was yeah. put on me. Yeah. yeah, but two people in the same situation and one thrives and, and, one, and one turtles. You're right, it's, it's a choice. And when you're in times like this, it definitely puts us all to the test. Absolutely. Which way am I going to go today? Yeah. <laughs> and surrounding yourself with positive messages and yes. back to the world of podcasting and information. There's lots of information out there. Mm-hmm. Choose very carefully what you tend to put into the yes. computer.
1: <laughs> well, and there's, there's the danger of global communication is you create, you you create an echo chamber. I know that specific social media channels get hit with this, but you people create an echo chamber of what they believe. Yes, and and that's very dangerous. I mean, back to those
0: cognitive biases that we're constantly farming, we're tending, we're watering them, them yep. we're, we're weeding and you've the lost soil. All the
1: opportunities to actually grow, uh, learn, seek new opportunities, because all you're doing is reinforcing where you're at.
0: Oh, that is a, that's, yeah, it starts, you're, you're, pouring the, you're pouring the concrete around your own feet
1: absolutely uh,
0: curious around indicators transformation we're moving forward things are good things are bad if you were going to build a dashboard and throw a few few things on it that would let you know from the outside if you know I always joke mm-hmm. if I'm going to beach somewhere and I was looking back at Alberta what dashboard could I look at to go wow you know what I might, I might end this vacation early I might come back <laughs> things are looking like they're going yep. in the right direction anything on there that you keep your eye on or that you, you think we need to keep our eye on
1: um uh, in broad terms, I very much like that Calgary does the, uh, economic development does the report on Calgary. Yes. And I, again, I don't follow in depth other cities, but, uh, um, I very much like that they're not, it's not just a spreadsheet. I very much appreciate that they get into social indicators and such. Um, uh, I fear, and again, this is a, a little bit of a nasty thing to say, but I fear that most people only read the executive summary and actually don't dive into it, um,
0: Hence why executive summaries were created. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't have time to read this. Yeah, I'm just, just going to hit the Tell me lines. what I need to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh,
1: but I I, I like the fact that we look at those social indicators. Uh, I was involved. I, I spent a very short period of time uh, inside government here, inside the provincial government, and was involved when we created the social return on investment format or template okay. around grants and such. Yep. And um, And I see a lot of parallels there now. It has matured and evolved to something being used across – many departments within government, but also agencies across the province. Uh, and I'm glad that we're moving to that social return. We've recognized that not everything is a spreadsheet. That it actually a little left require. brain, a little right brain, kind yeah. of balance the two out. Mm. Uh, because dollars are critical, but they're not the only thing. Um, the other thing I look at is just activity. So uh, we, we were talking earlier about social uh, – ag- not social agencies, uh, service agencies mm-hmm. – um, And I think that uh, right now, and I see it as a bit of a negative at the moment, that to the best of my knowledge that I've seen, there's only a a small number of social, uh, uh, like rotary and such, that seem to have found a a magic right spot. Okay. Um, And that I find a little bit disheartening because I think that uh, with the Alberta spirit and with the amount of community engagement most people have, volunteerism here, That we're not capitalizing on that, which I think would offset much of the negative public rhetoric we hear it's interesting and and I would like to see that cal- ca- Western
0: Canada Calgary in general is an outlier from a volunteer yes. perspective like I have heard that stat and it, I haven't heard it recently but I would believe it's still everyone I know is involved in something or some way like it's back when I lived back east it was, I lived in a small town so there was community involvement mm-hmm. because it was your community it was yeah. different it was just the way it was if you yeah. didn't participate you were then like an outlier like that didn't make sense like the barn the, the, the curling club event yeah. and my grandmother was cooking making sandwiches like that yeah. was just the way it was in a small yeah. community and but I, I when moved here i sensed a lot of that same type of buy-in yeah
1: i did um did some work uh uh, did quite a bit of work in the crime prevention realm down east and it was a shock to me this was many many years ago Uh, a shock to me how difficult it was to engage and mobilize the community in the areas we were working in interesting compared to what we did in alberta and BC, Uh, and it was very different
0: but that is an indicator what you know back to your point of when you've got something like that what can you do with it If you've already got people willing to step up, willing to leave the comfort of their home on a Wednesday night to go and take part in something, how do you mobilize that in a, in a positive direction?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think the how uh, is very unique based on the group. So it right. requires a relatively skilled facilitator uh, because you don't usually get a second chance to do those kind of things. Back to leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I, I really, you just, you just need to make sure you understand what, what the people around the table are looking for as a return make sure it fits the goal and step it forward uh, it it does come down to uh to good facilitation make sure that you have not all you don't sit back and build it and hope they'll come you need to we have a couple of community groups i live in bridgeland where we have an exceptionally active community association because of and i'll, I'll say it because of three or four leaders on the board there that drive it and they're not just putting a poster up waiting for people to come they're reaching out and it's a different time uh 20 years ago when i lived up in uh, brentwood charleswood you could do that in the community center and you'd have 20 people show up to go do a garbage cleanup it's not going to happen now you need to it's different you need to work that
0: I mean, I live in Marta Loop and has a very similar, Marta Loop Community Association. And yeah. my wife recently got involved and there's our neighbor who's leading it and he's ex-CFO for a large global oil and gas company. Yeah. So he runs it. Like, yeah. and my wife comes from corporate. She's like, this is amazing. Like, it's not all the, oh, I don't want to go to a board and sit around with a bunch of people that are going to complain for three hours. Like, no, we get, they get yeah. stuff done. And the board has grown and the impact they've had on their community, you know, similar to like, you, I, I don't live in Bridgeline, but I know it's a community. Mm-hmm. And I moved into Marta Loop not realizing how much of a community it was. Yeah. And I feel privileged to live there. Yeah. Because people are absolutely involved and, and because and also good leadership, mm.
1: yeah well, and I think I think one of the things as you describe it, it it occurs to me that that while community association is its fabric is meant to be social it 's got to be based on activity uh, that 's the connection, and perhaps one of the changes uh, i 'm not a sociologist, but perhaps one of the changes we 've seen in that type of engagement is that you run run the board or the group more like a corporate entity here's our goals here's our tasks we're doing those and the social connections are separate and interesting yeah that's
0: certainly how I've observed this yeah, one and, and
1: that's how most of the successful community associations I know that's how they run and when you look at uh, larger nonprofit organizations and such the, the commitment to the organization is absolutely there but 20 years ago everybody almost every night was socializing that doesn't happen anymore
0: no you're right uh, there's
1: just too much. There's a million reasons. Too much going on, other interests.
0: Mike, to your point, the, things change. Yeah. It's, the good old days, again, are, are not... <laughs> just <laughs> not remember, 10 years from now, we're going to say today was yeah. the good old days in some weird way, because that's yeah. just how, how we work. We, we're so that's, good at romanticizing the past. That's
1: well, because we don't like the challenge that's in front of us <laughs> today. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yes, I'm going to look back w- and we go... wish it, it was, I wish, easier was. Then. I wish it was, and it, yeah. it wasn't any nope. easier... No, remember when we were smaller and we were only 20 people and we just yeah. grinded it out Yeah, and everyone was burned out then too. That doesn't work. But now, you know, anyways, it's, it's such an interesting human phenomenon. So when you look at Calgary, obviously we have a lot of resources back to touting our success. Mm-hmm. I think that's one area that I think, you know, I consider myself somewhat relatively informed, talk to people all the time. And it seems like every week I'm hearing about an issue. I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. How have I not heard of that? Anything that stands out for you of, organizations or things in Calgary that people need to be aware of that we can, cause part of this show is to call some things out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to be very selfish. We're working heavily within the emerging cannabis industry. Yep. And, uh, and I would say province wide, not just Calgary. I am so proud to travel globally and talk about what we're doing in Alberta, um, both at the retail level, but also at the global business level. I mean, we have, we have more than three or four, but three or four that come to mind, um, medium and large scale cultivators, producers uh in the province that are rocking the world and
0: i would argue very quietly too y- yeah. yeah the ones you hear about are more in other markets
1: <laughs> well and that's yeah um yeah yes and no because okay. um a lot of a lot of that reach out to other markets is because and i am certainly not a business analyst by by uh, career um but in a lot of cases with most of them it's because their foundation is in place so we may not hear about it here because that foundation is in place. Interesting. They're very their their profile is here. Very much it's here. And when we look in the retail side, those are the companies that are that are there. Um, so I think I think that's very cool. I think that um, as that whole industry moves into being recognized more as an ag industry and not a drug industry, um, that we will uh, we will be able to expand further because more people and more. Entrepreneurs and perhaps traditional business will step into it. I mean, let's remember that it's only in the last 45 days mainstream media and such is picking up the connection between hemp and CBD and, and cannabis and THC. Right, the, the, me- the message is, is changing. Yeah. And, and the
0: stigma is changing, for sure. Like right. We had how many years that this was looked at you know, as as a negative, don't talk about it. Yeah. All drug, and I'm going to say, quote, the- unquote, all drugs are bad. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're redefining what this is. And you, when yeah. you talk about things in like in the last 45 days, yeah. like that's about as new as it gets. And it's interesting to think about the role that Alberta, you know, yeah. Calgary and and, and, mm-hmm. and all, all is participating in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that speed is interesting too. I, I owned a tech company that I sold in 2012. Um, and we, uh, the speed of the tech is one of the reasons I got out of it. You just got tired of, constantly going so the irony is that for the last two years i've been in in the cannabis industry uh, on the security global security regulatory side and we're moving far faster than i ever did in tech uh we we often say a day is a week a week is a month and a month is a year in the cannabis industry and and uh, i cannot express uh, i'll call it pride because many of these people are, are close friends now the ability for these people to adjust to, uh, uh, pivot, to actually step forward and make this work in an industry that doesn't have a roadmap. So it's a resilient bunch. (laughs) Oh, it's, and I mean, now you have another complication in that now we're seeing the hemp industry, which is a mature industry start to collide or merge. However, that's going to happen. Um, how does that work now that we're a year and a bit in? So the complications are all over the place. And that's where the opportunities are.
0: Absolutely, where, the, where there's that it's, it's the that gold rush mindset. Who's willing to take the chance? Who's willing to make the risk and, and go out there? Yep. And to hear how well it's going in Alberta, and kind of tying back to that land of opportunity, land of get it done, land of relation of relationship building, because mm-hmm. that's what it's required. But resilience and uh, does the is it is the province supporting around these individuals like is it balanced that way or, or are they just truly being the the maverick because there's a difference between the word maverick and entrepreneur yep. and i think in the cannabis industry there's almost a little bit more of a maverick attitude right now because you kind of have to yeah you've got to be a little you there be was a, little a year ma- ago yeah. Yeah. yeah okay
1: a year to two years ago it was far more maverick because there wasn't direction um there's now enough history there uh perhaps not enough to right really balance and i'm not sure what balance would look like um I think for the moment, uh, Alberta has done such a good job of not necessarily getting in the way. Um, I don't know what doing it better would have looked like. Right. Uh, you know, we we are stepping so far ahead of other provinces on the retail side for sure. Um, that I think I think the province is doing the best they can do, and that and that's not a cop out statement. I'm just not sure what better would look like.
0: That's and, fair. Okay.
1: Um, Well, back to the it's undefined. Yeah, and and I think it'll be important as the stigma is broken down that that stigma is broken down everywhere, including inside the legislature. That's where the danger is going to be. We talked earlier about the dome and surrounding yourself with people that support your current position. Um, This is an emerging industry, and that will be very dangerous if they're talking to somebody's friend who already has the view that is two years old even.
0: Um, anything from an Alberta perspective where um, pe- it needs more support, where people can get involved? Because again, what's the whole point of this podcast? People listen, they go, oh, I'm inspired. I want to learn a bit more. Go read about so and so." Is there any initiatives or any areas where where we need you know back to the getting out getting out of the house? What, w- w- where do you see? Where Where can we apply some 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 help?
1: Um, well, at thirty thousand feet, and I and I must admit, I'm traveling so much now. I'm not home very much. Um, But at 30,000 feet, I know that there are a million business networking uh, opportunities. Uh, We have one of the best chamber of commerces in Canada for reach out and out of leadership. Oh, that's interesting to hear that. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I know that uh, it can be expensive, but their events are phenomenal. And the people around the table, one of the things I like there is that they're not always the same people. It's, it's not like in a lot of other cities where the chamber is the same. Old, it's like going to a community association board. It's the same eight people. Not that way here in Calgary. So depending on what type of business and level of business you're at, those are good places to go. Um, speaking more to the industry I touch right now, there are a million, uh, a million, many, many, Amazing leaders uh, in Calgary and Edmonton and across the province. Uh, there are a couple of uh, networking events that happen in Calgary, Edmonton monthly uh, called uh green spark is one of them.
0: Okay. Um, I haven't heard of that.
1: It's uh, well, and I should say for anyone that's not aware, the interesting thing about the Canadian cannabis market and it's unique to Canada, it's not the same in the U S and everywhere okay. else is most of the industry lives on social media. Um, uh, lives on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You you are not a leader in that community, if or an influencer if you're not there.
0: So I've not heard that before. I've certainly seen it, but never yeah, saw it. it. I guess I didn't see it broad enough to realize that that was actually it is amazing. A best practice. Yeah. As somebody that's that good. studies
1: people, it is amazing to me. Um, now that being said, I would also say that's only got a lifespan probably of another couple of years as we globalize, because the rest right. of the world is not that way. Yes. Um, but get on Twitter. Get on Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, Again, Twitter, more. There's more breaking news on Twitter. Well, for everything nowadays. Yeah, it's it's
0: a news platform, absolutely. But but check the
1: news. (laughs) (laughs) Please check the news. Um, So, Green Don't accept every message you see at face value. It's not always real because it's printed. I I thought it was. Um, (laughs) Speaking uh, of mindsets that need to slightly shift. (laughs) Um, So, Green Spark is one that's local to Calgary Edmondson, and you will meet 40 to 60 people there that range from ancillary services. Uh, to growers, to cultivators, processors. Um, And I mean, we're talking micro-grows all the way up to people from Aurora. Okay. So that is an excellent place to learn and to touch the industry and see what it's like. Um, I believe they're actually active in BC as well. Um, There are a number of associations now. Uh, Again, I'm stuck within my industry, but there are a number of associations. There is the BC Association of Micro-Growers. I believe there's an Alberta affiliate. Um, because micro, so within the cannabis realm, we are moving towards, and remains to be seen how successful it will be, uh, micro-licensing and the ability to create or the likelihood to create a uh, boutique or craft cannabis realm i've heard a lot about this but i've heard
0: like we were involved in some branding and some identity work even six months ago but it was early days and then it's it's kind of stumbling so i haven't i haven't been updated recently of kind of where it's at in terms of its cycle
1: well i don't think the target has moved but i think the challenge one of the first big hurdles is health canada's uh marketing rules and regulations so i don't know how a small guy can compete with that and that's not my realm but that's Mm going to be a big hurdle um I think that BC, uh, as of 10 days ago, uh, has insinuated at the government level that they might move towards, uh, a farm gate. So, you know, cultivator to, uh, sales at their gate, uh, which would be, it, it, would probably do what the same thing that they did for the wine market in BC at, uh, in the days. Yes. Um, took it from still, non,
0: took it from non-existent. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um. So, I mean, uh, th- there are a number of areas like that. It, it sort of lands at, and I guess my caution actually goes the other way, and it's a frustration I have. So many people think within the cannabis industry that it is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and they just need to ride the, ride the rainbow. I think I just used a brand statement. You, you did. You uh, did. Yeah. Uh, ouch.
0: Um, I think Skittles might be giving you a call later. <laughs> yeah, <geez>. um,
1: <laughs> infused? No, okay, we did, won't go there. Yep. Yeah, nope, <laughs> nope. That will cause a problem now. Um <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, the, there will be an email um, the, the challenge I have and I do see it a lot in my security friends and colleagues and such that think it's, a, uh, it's an easy road to money and that it's all the same is much like any other industry that somebody wants to step in please inform yourself educate yourself so that you don't do damage to your clients and okay. we see that a lot. Uh, in our case, we see that a lot with clients coming to us having having had um, misguided consulting advice around their licensing, those types of things. Um, and it is a very heavily regulated market. So, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't step into uh, to uh, doing pharmaceutical global security uh, because while I can secure a building, I have 25 years of experience doing that. There are so many. Regulatory nuances to that, I wouldn't step into that without an awful lot of education before I got
0: there. Giving it the respect it deserves yeah, exactly. versus treating it as a get-rich.
1: And that's exactly what we're seeing, and we're seeing okay. that with a lot of people now coming into a year down the road, and they're seeing the headlines around edibles, and everybody's going to get rich. Well, if you followed the stock market, all you have to do is watch. Especially, what's happening the, especially this
0: the, the last three months. Yeah, so the last it, two months. It's
1: uh, well, it, it's going to get bumpier. So. Um, that I guess on the other side... Is it of that going is- through
0: its normalization phase a little bit where we're coming off those exaggerated evaluations and, and a little bit of the pot of gold mindset going, okay, there's going to be some fundamentals here, but they're not really established yet. It's all been, those, those prices were all based on future hopes and future dreams.
1: Mm. I, I think so. I mean, I'm ill-equipped to speak to uh, to market trends and such. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so Scottish, I don't even play cards because I don't. <laughs> I don't someone says I'm so Scottish, I don't play cards. I, a, I'm going to quote that. I, but. I, uh, I, people say discretionary income and my skin crawls because I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I do think that we're at a point where um, the the... Industry is, I wouldn't say it's mature by any stretch. Because remember, we're still looking at a snapshot of Canada. Right. The, the we we already have started to impact our our country's GDP lines, um, and most of our big companies have already stepped across the water and into other countries. Yes, they have. Yeah. I think we are so far away from this industry being uh, hitting anything even close to mature. That I'm not sure what normalization would look like, um, but that uh, that's more a question I think for an investment person who actually understands what he's reading. Yeah, it's and a much
0: it's a much longer cycle that we're right. in. We're just yeah. in this the phase of it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any optics? And again, now I'm getting to the financial numbers. The actual financial impact it's had in Alberta. Um, I've seen stuff floating around, but I yep, can I can I, I don't have I, any I, way I, to recall it right now. <laughs> I,
1: I'm in the same boat. I uh, can't remember what I had for breakfast, and I can't remember what the last numbers were out. They there were some numbers released last week. Um, But I can't remember. I know they floated past
0: my screen and I did not commit them to memory.
1: (laughs) They were significant. I do remember that, you know, by number of staff, uh, again, just simple math, we don't even need to read them. Simple math, we're over 240 or 250 retail stores. Okay. So so if that's an average of three to four staff a store, um, and many of these are in small communities, I've seen that licensing. Um, And Calgary alone has got, I think, 45 or 48 currently open. So it, it
0: absolutely is an impact. Um, of an argument two years ago, of an industry that wasn't there, like those didn't jobs exist. didn't exist. It, right. was, it was zero. So yeah. everything is, a, is it's a from a, from right. a number of a factor of percentage. It's a huge increase. Absolutely, which is contributing to the change.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I know um, there were recent numbers out, uh, the City of Calgary, talking about the uh, cost to uh, regulate the cannabis industry is more than they expected. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think that we'll start seeing that that tax income turn around. Because they, like the companies, were standing up new new departments, training yes. new people um, that call it normalization or standardization within a bureaucratic process. Um, it, sh- it, it better be there now. Yes. I mean, by a year later, we better have some… But right, if you
0: look at it, your first year of operation, all those initial capital expenditures, new. of course, and everything's yeah. going to cost more, so yeah. you can get into a bit of a, into, into a rhythm. Yeah. Like you said, it's such early days. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But yeah, the shine has worn off. And I think reality is starting to settle in. But we don't really know what the long-term reality is going to be.
1: One of the places I would look, um, and I'm sure they've got numbers out because I know they're doing a bit of a road tour, is uh, Olds and Sundial. And look at the economic impact they've had. Um, They have had in the hundreds of staff hired out there. uh, Their collaboration with Olds College is amazing. Their collaboration with the town uh, has been phenomenal. And when you look at those models, have there been bumps? I absolutely, I'm sure there have, but they, uh, and give credit to both the county and the, and the town, the city. Um, I don't know if they're a city yet. Uh, they, they saw an opportunity and they worked together to try to get there. In the most appropriate way.
0: There's a lot of benefit of looking at small little microcosm environments. and like, yep. well, how does it work here? You add a bunch of bureaucracy and layers, it gets more complicated. But fundamentally, everybody said, we want to figure this out together. Is it going yep. to be easy? No. That's right. Is it going to be worth it? We believe so. So let's go forward. I think that's a great example of a model. And yep. when you can take a little and look at a little ecosystem and say, wow, then how do we just duplicate that or you know, yep. augment it, make it bigger? I'm, uh,
1: it's interesting. We were talking about uh, how Ontario is operating. And it's interesting to me. Uh, And again, being Scottish, um, and pretty tight with money, it's still interesting to me that we have so many uh, small communities in Ontario that are saying no to retail. Uh, the smaller cities. So city. some it, friends of
0: mine that are involved in specifically and yeah. out there securing retail and yeah. the, the vote against, and it yeah. felt like almost like a fear vote. Or like we it, don't really absolutely. know. So we're just going to, we're going to say no now and maybe we'll say yes yeah. later.
1: It, it's the stigma there all the way.
0: Yes. And uh, that, that's where that's still early days through that yeah. cycle. Like if you, it's so easy to go. Oh yeah, sure. It's mainstream. This is so new. It's yeah. mind blowing, which is also exciting. Back to your point of the Mavericks become entrepreneurs, become yeah. businesses, become actual Key drivers of our of our of our Absolutely. community of our marketplace, Barry. It's been great chatting with you. I appreciate Thank your you. candor, and I think we covered <laughs> a lot of ground today. We reasonably stayed on track, so I'll yeah. give I'll give us a half a gold <laughs> star. Um, is there any way for people to reach out to you? Obviously, I, I, you did mention LinkedIn. I'm assuming yeah. are, I know. I know you're on LinkedIn. I was doing some some professional stalking. <laughs> That's We're all probably, trolling. Just it so was. You know, it yeah. was. Well, I didn't leave any lewd comments. I just was like, I was an innocent. You didn't know I was there. I left no fingerprints. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, like there's any such thing online. Everyone yeah. knows you. I do you're, global you're, security. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well said. Understand your audience. Absolutely. Uh, what's the best way to get get a hold of you?
1: Um, well, LinkedIn is a great way. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at B davidson 911 And um, that, actually, those are probably the two best ways to get a hold of me.
0: Fantastic. And you are a super busy guy. And so I do would do it encourage anybody to reach out. I really yeah, enjoy, I enjoyed our conversation and absolutely appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Thanks Thank, for having me. My pleasure. Thank you.